Today on the Doc on the Run podcast, we're talking about why flat arches are less stable when you run. Like hearing doctors say, just stop running, who know that we simply have to stay active. How do we heal in a way that lets us stay strong, maintain our running fitness, and keep preparing for the next race, and still heal without making the injury worse? Well, that is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Dr. Christopher Segler, and welcome to the Doc on the Run podcast. This question comes from Sota, who entered a question uh, sent to me through the Doc on the Run YouTube channel. And he was watching one of the other YouTube videos about stability in the foot when you're running. And he asked a question. He said, why would a flat arch be less stable? That's a great question. Uh, and I think it's really important to understand this because I know so many runners are running in the wrong kind of shoes. They're using pronation control shoes and they don't need them, or they do need some motion control and they're running in neutral shoes. Now, flat feet basically are less stable because they're in a pronated position. And well, what does pronated mean? Now, you have to remember that pronation and supination are opposites. You need both. Pronation of the foot happens as your arch collapses and your foot elongates. So when you look at the foot and you actually start to decrease your arch height, the foot actually elongates because the arch actually comes down toward the ground and it pushes the toes outward. Now, you do that every time that you run. You do it every time you take a step. Now, you need both pronation and supination. And you need pronation to absorb impact and decrease forces. Now, supination does the opposite. Supination makes your foot uh, a flexible. Supination does the opposite. Supination actually transforms your foot from a flexible shock absorbing adapter to a rigid lever that can propel you forward as you run and push off. Now, in the moment that you push off, you need that rigidity. You need to have a rigid lever so that you can actually propel yourself. Now, if your foot's all flexible, then obviously you can't push off very effectively. And that's why we have both pronation and supination. And if you think that the foot can't be too rigid, I want to give you an example. And that's why I have this foot model here. So there's a procedure that we do on people that have really, really bad end-stage flat foot deformity. So when the foot is completely collapsed, the posterior tibial tendon that helps support the foot has failed, and you have a lot of pain because you get arthritis in the joints in the rear foot, then we actually do a procedure sometimes called the triple arthrodesis. Now, I actually invented a surgical instrument called the tarsal joint distractor that doctors use to do the triple arthrodesis procedure. So because of that, of course, I'm familiar with this procedure. And that procedure basically entails fusing the subtalar joint here, which is where most of the pronation and supination in your foot happens from tilting the heel bone. We fuse the calcaneal cuboid joint here, and we fuse the navicular, uh, the talonavicular joint right here. So this is the navicular, that's the talus, and we fuse all three of those joints. That stops all the motion there. Your foot cannot collapse anymore because it holds your arch in the position we put it in. That sounds like a good thing. It adds a lot of rigidity. But this is a circumstance that's well known to foot surgeons that can be way too rigid. Now, one of the things that we have to do when we fuse your subtalar joint and we fuse your talonavicular joint and the calcaneocuboid joint, and we fuse all three of these together, your foot is so rigid that if we put your foot in a normal position or a supinated position, then obviously as your foot supinates, the fifth metatarsal bone 
gets closer to the ground. Now, if you can't move out of that position and get your forefoot back on the ground in a way that's flexible enough to absorb those forces, you run into serious problems. And this is a well-known complication of putting the subtalar joint in the wrong position. So if we actually tilt your heel bone over in this position where it's supinated, then what will happen is that when you walk, when you run, you'll have so much stress that you will break your fifth metatarsal bone. So you get pain all down the outside of the foot and in many cases will actually break the fifth metatarsal bone. So when we fuse your subtalar joint, we always put you in at least five degrees of heel bone tilt that we refer to the tilting of the heel bone as valgus and varus, but we put you in at least five degrees of rotation in this direction in a valgus position so that the rest of your foot remains mobile and can move. So the thing is, is that, so, is that the main point of this is that the calcaneocuboid joint, when we tilt the heel bone over in a supinated position, because of the way the joint is shaped here, it actually locks all of the joints across the midfoot. So you have all these bones in here. You have the metatarsals, the, the cuneiforms, you have three of those. You've got the cuboid, the navicular, the talus, the heel bone. All this stuff is working together. But in the midfoot, as soon as you lock the calcaneocuboid joint, it makes everything in the forefoot rigid. If we fuse it, then it's locked, obviously, because it can't move. But when you tilt your heel bone over, that locks this joint in a, in a position that will make you stable and then you can push off. Otherwise, your foot would just bend in the middle. So the calcaneocuboid joint locks everything across the midfoot when you tilt your heel over. But when you're pronated, the heel bone is in a relaxed position. It's leaning inward. It's unlocking the calcaneocuboid joint. And that's why we say you have too much flexibility and you have too much pronation if you have really flat feet. Now, having said that, not everybody that has flat feet has pain or problems, and it's not pathologic, as we say, but that, in short, is the answer. So to answer Soda's question, why are flat feet less stable in runners? Well, it's because the heel bone tilts over, it unlocks the calcaneocuboid joint, makes the whole midfoot more flexible, and then you have more motion throughout the foot when you're trying to push off while you're running. Uh, so this is why someone may recommend pronation control shoes or motion control shoes or orthotic inserts to support your foot to give you more stability when your foot seems too flexible when you're running. So great question. Thanks for sending that in. Um, you know, again, not everybody that has flat feet has problems. So if you don't have problems, just because you're flat, your feet seem flatter doesn't mean it's a real issue. But it, the magic is all in the calcaneocuboid joint and the tilting of the heel bone. So hopefully that helps you understand a little bit about why it is that flat feet are less stable when you run. If you just got injured, you need to take action right now. And if you've been injured and you're not getting better and you need to figure out what to do to get back to running and keep training and not lose all your running fitness, you need to take action. But the thing that you really need to do more than anything else is probably not what you really think. Most of the runners who call me are looking for some magical solution or something that they can do to make them run even when they're injured that is going to be magical. And there is no such magic, but there is something you can do, and I'm going to show you exactly how to do it. Now, I made something for you that's a three-day training. It's free, and it's how to fast-track your running injury in record time. Now, during this free three-day training, what I'll show you is, number one, what I learned when I got injured in medical school and why it was wrong, what I learned when I got injured right before an Ironman race that was right, and the third thing I'm going to show you is the five-step process that worked for me that can work for you, too. So there are five things that you're going to learn. Number one, can you run, run right now and not lose your running fitness? Number two, how can you figure out how bad the injury is right now? How can you remove the confusion that's caused by inflammation right now? 
and how can you reduce the tissue stress so you can train now, and then how to safely test, retest, and keep running. Now again, this is a free training. It's free. You don't have to pay anything. It's three days, but you're going to get immediate access if you just go to docontherun.com slash fast track. And I'm going to show you how to fast track your running injury. So go to docontherun.com slash fast track and grab your seat now. I'll see you in the training.